Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, coming to you on this very wet and snowy day from my airstream in Worcester, British Columbia. I came out here to put up my rooftop tent so that I could dry it out because I had it on the Land Rover and we were doing a photo shoot for Thule and it was super wet and super snowy. So I thought, you know what, I'll take it out here because, you know, when you put these rooftop tents away, if you leave them wet for too long and closed, then they can get moldy, of course. So, uh, so I came out here to the airstream to do my podcast for you and as well to open the rooftop tent. And uh, I thought it was going to dry out and it was doing a great job until it started to rain pretty strongly once again. So uh, completely defeated the purpose of what I had meant to do. But I guess that's how things go in life. You know, you do your best and sometimes uh, the unexpected happens, I guess, more often than not. And and I guess on this dreary gray day with low-hanging clouds uh, here in Whistler, BC, I'd like to chat to you about and talk to you about Beach Life Extraordinary, my favorite spots to explore. We've spent countless days on the world's most beautiful beaches. In the picture that's on our on the Colin app here, I even put one of us uh, with uh, on a beach in Turks and Caicos, a pristine white sand, and of course, so many water sports to be done at this destination. And beach life isn't for everybody, but I like to say that uh, if you aren't a beach person, then it's maybe that you've simply been not approaching beach life in, in the right way. That is to say, um, it's all about finding the activity that will make your beach time extraordinary. And in our case, for many years, yes, it was simply lolling at the beach, drinking a piña colada, and uh, and going out for a swim here and there or a paddleboard. But, uh, but then we got into kite surfing, and that was a major change in our love and desire to be around the beach. Because when you go kite surfing, it is so very, very liberating to be out on the water, just flying over the waves like there's no tomorrow. And I think that's one of my favorite things about it, is that it really does feel, uh, when you're kiting, that your worries have gone so far away that... Uh, like there is no tomorrow. Um, but uh, but beaches, yes, so much to do on them. And it's all about figuring out um, what will make you happy on your beach vacation. And in our case, like I mentioned, it used to be lolling on the beach and then it became scuba diving. And I still, you know, anything water-oriented and ocean still classifies somewhat as a beach vacation. And so Scuba diving is one of those activities that uh, that it really immerses you in the underwater world uh, of a place so little explored compared to uh, other other you know remote parts of the planet. And uh, and as a kid, I think it really gave me an appreciation for sea life because you get to see it quite up close and personal. It's very sad to me that over the years during our scuba diving adventures we've definitely noticed that the coral has started to bleach, has started, has been bleaching, and that the sea life has changed quite dramatically from a colorful array of, uh, of fish going around and, and sharks and whatnot to, to not so many fish and, and not so many predator sharks as well. Um, and that's very sad because um, we've also seen 
a big increase in uh, in plastic debris that float around in the ocean. And I think that's um, one thing that I guess went from having us be avid scuba divers to becoming uh, kite surfing lovers. Because one is above the water and one uh, and the one that is below, you actually see the microplastics floating everywhere. And it's so sad that that really in the middle of a dive, you're you're looking at a torn sandal, an old shoe, uh, and, and just lots and lots of little, little, little tiny pieces of plastic that are just floating everywhere in the trillions. Um, so I guess, sorry, not, this is supposed to uh, <laughs> inspire you to go to the beach, not uh, dissuade you, but I was just a little tangent on scuba diving. Um, so, but there's lots of activities that you can use and do that really add to the experience of, of beach life. For us, kite surfing is a big one now because while we used to search for a calm beach with no wind, excuse me, now what we most love is a, is a beach that's got plentiful, uh, plentiful uh, wind so that we can ride our days away. And, uh, and obviously this plays into account into the which beach you're, you're choosing to go to. So, um, so there's the water sports, uh, for family activities, I, you know, a family friendly beach, uh, requires a few different things for me. It's got to have really nice powdery sand, uh, be quite clean, obviously, because you don't want your kids playing around in sh around sharp plastics or glass or whatever, maybe like that. Um, also important not to have, um, not to be a very rough beach because, uh, if the kids are playing by the seashore, um, you don't want to wave to grab them and take them away, obviously. <laughs> so, so a calm ocean beach, um, not too rough, uh, calm white sand, uh, nice powdery white sand, uh, are a few of the aspects in my choice of selecting a beach that's good for the family. Now, um, obviously the harder it is to get to most of the beaches that we like, the more we tend to love them because the more remote they are, they are then you don't see people, there's less human impact on them, uh, and of course, less garbage and whatnot. Now, a lot of the world, uh, unfortunately, in, in particularly during the windy season, which is the winter months in the Caribbean, um, they tend to get a lot of sargasso on their beaches right now. And that's a very um, sad thing because it's basically a seaweed that propagates incredibly fast in the sea of sargassum um, and then the conveyor belts of the ocean grab it and funnel it to all the different parts of the of different oceans uh, and then it ends up invading uh, the beaches and it's and it's quite overwhelming this uh, this seagrass because it's kind of my my theory of it is that uh, all the runoff uh, from the world's agricultural uh, communities and, and systems has has made such that it's like putting a giant bottle of miracle grow in the water and this seagrass therefore has has propagated and grown to quantities where where not even uh, an intense uh, shoveling on the beach or a tractor could remove it it's so much so so I guess these are things that have affected uh, my selection of beaches because while I used to say oh Tulum and uh, and that area absolutely stunning beach in Shan Khan uh, in the Tulum Yucatan uh, Riviera it is spectacular now during the windy season it's invaded by the seaweed and so all these winter months it's most definitely not a beach that i would recommend so 
I'll begin with uh, one of our favorite destinations, Turks and Caicos, and, uh, and the beaches that you can find here and how to access them. Now, if you've ever, a lot of people before, uh, before knowing, like before when I chat with them and they ask me about what, what one of my favorite beaches is, um, and I tell them Turks and Caicos, a lot of people had never heard of the Turks and Caicos Islands. And they're this small archipelago of islands that, uh, that kicks off uh, just north of, of Cuba. Um, and, uh, and they're very small and they're uh, not too far from, I think, the Bahamas as well. And, and this tiny group of islands happens to have a reef around it. And what this reef does is it picks up all debris and or seaweed um, that would normally end up on, on the beaches and keeps it from going there. Oh, excuse me. Mm, I think I need a little bit sip of coffee if you could just give me a... Yeah moment there. Now I see why radio hosts often will put the music or tune a break <laughs> so that they can have a sip of coffee. But anyways, I digress. Um, back to Turks and Caicos. So this this ring of, of reef around these islands protects them so that you don't have all this garbage and seaweed and uh, floating debris that gets to, to the beaches. And um, most people will land on Providencialis, um, which is the main, the principal island where international flights uh, come into. It's affectionately known as Provo. And this tiny island is a place that over the years we've come to call uh, somewhat of a secondary home because we return to it time and time again. But what made us truly fall in love with this destination is is that it's a small uh, place. Basically, it's it's there aren't a lot of people, there aren't a lot of buildings, there aren't a lot of um, houses, and and therefore you feel like you're so much more remote and. Grace Bay Beach, which is uh, one of the island, one of the the beaches on the island, is is renowned as being as one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, and indeed, it is a very very nice soft white sand. Uh, it was the first uh, destination that we went to as a couple as a beach destination. Some who what would it be now? Fifteen years ago or so, fourteen, fifteen or sixteen years ago. Um, it was the first place that we went uh, as a destination. And it's also uh, a place that we returned to many times since that first time and that we went for our honeymoon as well. But Grace Bay Beach, uh, definitely a paradisical beach. Lots of Hobie cats that you can take, uh, sea ki uh, ocean kayaks as well. Uh, if you're on Providencialis, you'd re you really want to get in touch with Big Blue Unlimited. And they're the main uh, tour operator on the island. And they, they really have a fantastic Turks and Caicos vibe uh, with local uh, boat captains. Uh, and they are uh, your conduit to many of our, e of our favorite beaches in the Turks and Caicos Islands. So, so Grace Bay Beach, definitely a really nice beach. Uh, lots of people tend to go to it. But for us that have become kite surfers and, and wind lovers. Um, the Long Bay Beach, which is on the other side of the, the island, is, uh, is even better because the long stretch of sand um, is, is very soft, and so it's very easy to pump your kite, get it ready, and get out on the water. But more importantly is that the water is so shallow in that bay there that when you're learning to kite, you can stand knee-deep, uh, chest-deep, uh, in the water while you're learning. And this makes uh, learning that sport particularly easy. Um, they did have, I think a couple of years ago, three years ago, a hurricane that that 
made a lot of the conk appear more. And conk is uh, a you know a a shellfish that uh, that they tend to consume a lot. And in the old days, they would throw the conk right into the ocean in front of the beach. Um, so the the hurricane uh, uncovered a bit of this, which made it a, a tad more precarious to be walking around uh, in the water. That being said, with community cleanups, they they have re claimed the area so that you don't step on any of those conches and they've cleaned it all up quite well. So Long Bay Beach, in my opinion, is the number one beach in the world to learn to kite surf. And uh, and again, Big Blue Unlimited is the company to go for. I'd love to get the owner um, or one of the owners up here on the podcast because he's got so many stories to, sh- to share. And if you go on uh, Big Blue Unlimited uh, on Instagram, you'll see the wonderful things that they take you out to see. Um, one of the, one, a few of the activities that you can do in Turks and Caicos uh, while uh, with Big Blue Unlimited and related obviously to the beach life is uh, you can learn to kite surf with them at Long Bay Beach. And or if you're a good enough kiter, then they take you on what's called a downwinder. And downwinders are one of my favorite little things to do, which is we take a boat upwind and we and they drop us on an island. And from that island, we pump our kites on that beach and then we uh, sail our way down to uh, our original island uh, spot that we, we started from. And the wind has to be just perfect. So they usually announce it like a few hours before. Hey, there's a downwinder. We're already, you guys in? And, and we jump into the boat and head off there. And uh, and so if you get in touch with Big Blue, they'll let you know, hey, you know, you can, uh, we'll let you know if there's a downwinder going on uh, or what they like to call a kite safari. They also happen to carry when they're teaching. And if you're renting gear, my favorite brand of, of kites, which is Nash Kites. So top quality gear uh, combined with fantastic boats to take you to these beaches. Now, um, they also offer uh renting out the boat for you or being part of a group uh to go scuba diving and uh some of our earliest uh dives were done there in Turks and Caicos and really enjoyed but um more importantly they can take you to a place called French Key and it's an island um that's quite uh, a decent distance away i think it's about an hour and a half to 2 hours boat ride um but when you get there there's this like aquarium like area where we we tend to anchor the boat and you jump into the water uh, from the island and it's a crystalline blue emerald green um, that you'll never forget. Um, And as I'm saying that, uh, it comes to mind when I would just, the video that I, a few videos that I have of jumping in the water with my GoPro and it's just absolutely gorgeous. So so that's another, that one there, they don't have a beach, but they take you to another one close by uh, where you can land. Um, But Another beach that is most definitely, most definitely one of my favorite, which is also part of this Turks and Caicos Island, is the Pine Key Beach. And this beach, if you if you're heading, if you're leaving from Leeward in Providencialis, then you boat out or kayak out. But I think you have to boat out uh, if you're going to make any decent distance in a day. And uh, and it's just the most the whitest cleanest, most pristine stretch of sand um, that you ev- you've ever seen. And it blows my mind every time that we land on that beach. And actually, I've just opened a, a new 
expeditioners page or personal expeditioners page called Expeds Roberto. And I'll be posting some uh, photos and videos that I'm actually going to got the inspiration to do this podcast from because I was looking through these pictures and I was like, wow, that is gorgeous. And I thought, hey, you know, I guess I'll tell people about some of our favorite uh, beach spots. And if you do happen to be out with Big Blue and you've gone out to the Pine Key Beach, you spend the day there, you have a picnic on your way back, sometimes when you hit Grace Bay, um, and I say sometimes because it's not, you can't guarantee this, but Jojo the dolphin will be swimming around. And this is a dolphin that for like 20 or 30 years has been in the area and is renowned for uh, playing with humans and playing with boats and the community. Um, and almost, you know, quite frequently I see a post from Big Blue uh, showing that they're swimming with the dolphins and, and it's spectacular. In the winter months, if you go to Turks and Caicos, you can... Uh, go looking for humpback whales and during their migration. And, and that is an experience that I've been, I've seen them from the water, but I've never had that up close experience of swimming with them. Um, and it's definitely, definitely overdue. But, uh, but Big Blue does have a knack for finding uh, these spots. And I guess that's just another thing that uh that's wonderful about uh about this type of beach life is is if you have the vessels and i guess also the money to get onto these tours and activities then beach life is not so beachy but more ocean and beach <laughs> and and i think that for people that that battle with loving uh the beach i think it's important to find activities that you enjoy that are related to it and related to those tropical destinations um and i think turks and caicos is a great example from that now there's also a hotel, um, which we tend to return to time and time again because it's off the beaten path. Uh, and it's called East Bay Resort on, uh, on South Caicos. And they've got this stretch of sand in front of the hotel that is just divine because it's protect, the reef is pretty close and it's, and it's absolutely well protected. Um, and what makes it so very special of this beach is that the, the hotel and the rooms, are literally right in front of the beach. So you just, you could leave your kite pumped and ready to go riding while you go up to have lunch to your room or to take a break. Um, and I think that's one of the, the more special aspects about this beach is that, um, and it's called the East Bay Beach um, on uh, on South Caicos, um, is that this beach is, is really the perfect destination uh, to go on a kite surfing trip. And from there, <laughs> you can take a Jeep to the other end of the island where you leave the Jeep, you jump into some kayaks, and uh, and you kayak to Jerry's Point. And I like to call that spot the Expeditioner's Island, but it is gorgeous. And this island, which is, is higher and lower depending on the tide, obviously, and how much sand there is, um, is right near the cut of the reef that comes in. And so through this cut, you get a, a myriad of wall, wildlife um, swimming through um, and, and around. And it's, it's really um, quite impressive to be kiting while a lemon shark swims below you. So, so I guess that's enough for, for giving you my Turks and Caicos uh, beach life because um, 
it is something unique uh, and special as a destination, and I do highly recommend it. But it is very important that when you take into account about going to a place like Turks and Caicos, that you really are going there for the activities because you will not find the nightlife <laughs> um, or the uh, restaurant quantity that you would find uh, in other places. So Turks and Caicos beaches, highly recommend all of these these spots. And, uh, and that would be the first one on my list. Now, next one is one that uh, that you'll actually be surprised because it's not a cold beach, but it is uh, a unique one. And this one's in the Magdalene Islands, and it's the beaches that surround the entire island. And uh, for those unaware, the Magdalene Islands are in the St. Lawrence River um, that uh, just east of... Uh, Montreal and south of Quebec and um, and this this big island and group of islands um, is kind of funny and quaint because you've got little red and blue and brown and yellow houses that uh, that spot the whole island but the sand and the beaches while it's it feels more like fall during summer um, is is a wonderfully raw coastline. And kite surfing it is absolutely uh, wicked. Um, they've they've also got like a little bay or or an in inland um, wo ocean water that comes in where we where we rode uh, and really like it. But the reason I wanted to tell you about the Les Îles de la Madeleine or the Magdalen Islands is that as a beach spot for the the person that has culinary delights, it's quite interesting that you could go to the wharf where the fishermen arrive and say, hey, I'd like to buy a few lobsters and I'd like to buy a few oysters. You kick on, you buy those directly from the fishermen. Um, you buy a big pot, you, uh, and then, yeah, of course, a couple bottles of white wine and you kick off uh, to the beach. And we love to have, particularly after a, a wicked day of kite surfing, we love to have uh, a fire on the beach where we boil our lobsters um, while we're eating our oysters and uh, shucking our oysters and just enjoying uh, a nice glass of wine. Uh, and this is uh, definitely, you know, a very uh, Canadian Quebec uh, experienced with, uh, with water that at some times looks like it's as clear as the Caribbean, but indeed it is much colder. So the Magdalene Islands uh, for a more uh, for a different type of destination, highly highly recommend. It is a skip and a uh, a skip and a jump to get there. You do have to, to take a ferry um, to get to the island. I don't believe they have uh, an airport and uh, or they might have one, but I'm not I'd have to check on that. Um <laughs> correction. Um, but again, if you're taking your vehicle and you're taking gear and kayaks like we do, um, then definitely grab the ferry to get on over there. Um, another place that, you know, it's, I was going to jump into on favorite type of beach spots, but really this one is a mix of beach and cenotes is in the Mexico uh, Yucatan area. And, and if you go during the non-windy months, then these gorgeous um, uh, Caribbean 
uh, sand and beaches are are spectacular to spend time on, albeit it can be a little bit hot and muggy during that time of year. But what makes uh, the Yucatan Peninsula a little bit more unique is that you can go explore the giant blue holes called cenotes. And these um, holes that are basic giant, beautiful freshwater swimming pools almost, uh, each have a particularly unique uh, and different aspect of, uh, about them. Uh, and it gives a level of activity to a beach destination that you do, wouldn't normally have. And I, and I really enjoy that because you could be on the beach and go sea kayaking um, or, or go out for a paddleboard, but you could also spend the day inland at this beach destination exploring uh, these beautiful cenotes and, and blue holes. So that's another uh, great, great spot, Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. You could be out of Tulum or Acumal uh, to access uh, these different places and the cenotes. Uh, some some well-known cenotes are Cenote Azul and Cenote Dos Ojos, um, definitely some that I, I would uh, recommend you kick down to. Now, uh, if you're looking for unique, cold, and uh, and the type of trip that would be quite different, then there are black sand beaches in Iceland that uh, bring you back to the remnants of, of, of the birth of, uh, of land and, and of islands and of our earth because uh, the volcanic rock and the dark, dark black sand that you find in Iceland is, uh, is not to be found, is obviously only found in, in vol- areas of volcanic activity. But uh, this place is, uh, this island, one that has such frequent volcanic activity that the, the black sand rock is quite, quite uh, uh, interesting to see. Now, you will likely also have uh, incredibly strong winds uh, while you're while you're walking along the beach of Reynasfjara, um, which is the one that I was wanted to recommend, and this is the one that you'll see in pictures of Iceland, where there's um, a wall of different sized, uh, almost like rectangular rock, and uh, and people you know love to take pictures climbing up on this rock. But the last time that I was on this beach, the wind was so very strong that it was picking up rocks and flinging them into our faces. So so you could lean back into the wind and let your body go entirely and it would hold you up. And this beach, particularly if you're if you're traveling with kids uh, or young ones, is one to be very wary of because people aren't aware, but most of the accidents in Iceland that happen come from big waves on beaches like this one that grab the unsuspecting tourist or photographer and sweep out your feet and pull you into the tide and and, and whip you out to the ocean in the extremely powerful rip current that that uh, that is off the coast of uh, of Iceland so so you got to be quite careful when you are exploring Reynasfjara and the beaches around Vik because the ocean could uh, could grab you instantly, and it could be a very ugly story. And uh, on top of that, you could be also very wet, <laughs> just to begin with. Um, there's a couple of black sand beaches that you can visit. Uh, there's the Reynas Fjara one. There's the one uh, near Vic, and obviously the the most unique one that uh, that off that requires frequent visits to the country. Uh, is the Yokul Sarlon black sand beach. And what makes this beach so very different is that you've got 
icebergs the size of uh, a car or the size of a pelican case or the size of your head. And they're strewn, they're, they're, they calf, these icebergs calf off of the glacier and, uh, and make their way through the lagoon uh, to the sea. But because the sea is uh, obviously connected to the lagoon, it, it throws these icebergs back up onto the beach, um, leaving giant diamonds contrasted by black sand uh, everywhere. And, uh, and these ones, are, this is known as the Black Sand Beach of Yokulsarlon. And it's one of the most uh, unique uh, spots that, uh, that when it comes to beaches, because very rarely do you find uh, uh, black sand beaches with <laughs> chunks of ice that's thousands of years old. Uh, strewn all over. So um, that's a spot that I go back to time and time again. I'll be there once again, April twenty. Every, uh, sorry, April sixteenth to the twenty third. Uh, we've got a sold out group, so very excited about that. And we will, of course, be taking people to these beaches to explore them. So I guess that sums up a bit uh, the beaches of uh, of my life right now, and the, and the beaches that I recommend you uh, to go to because I could keep going, but again, that would be a bit too beachy. <laughs> um, so there you go. You've got, uh, we went through the black sand beaches of Iceland and Jokulsarlon, uh, chatted to you a little bit about the inland adventures and the, and the white Caribbean beaches of Mexico's Yucatan uh, Peninsula. We took a quick skip over to Eastern Canada in the St. Lawrence River um, to chat a little bit about the lovely lobster and oysters that you can have and cook for yourself after having bought from the fishermen on the beaches of Ile de la Madeleine or the Magdalene Islands. And, uh, and there we go. And of course, we spent most of this episode telling you all we, that being the royal we. No, I spent most of this episode talking to you about a place we love to go so much, the Turks and Caicos Islands. So uh, perhaps we'll find ourselves back there sooner than later. But in the meanwhile, I do invite you to jump over to um, my Instagram, Roberto, and check out the videos and the reel that I'm about to post on the Turks and Caicos beaches that we love so much. Really appreciate y'all joining in today. I'm going to have a few more podcasts this weekend and uh, maybe some from the road. But uh, as, as things tend to go with me, getting ready is usually a last-minute affair. But the adventure is definitely about to begin. See you next time. I'm Roberto. Have a good night.